Welcome to the Gridiron Goodies Podcast. I am your host, as always, Stephen Scott. On today's episode, I'll preview the games from this past weekend, I'll hold myself accountable as we do a little bet busting, and I'll wrap up with the news you need to know, all coming up on this week's episode of the Conference Championship Wrap-Up. Two teams and one game are all that stand in between us, the impending void, and the sadness that it brings. However, this past weekend was full of exciting moments and wacky outcomes. Let's dive into it all, starting with Kansas City's 17-10 victory over Baltimore. It may have said Ravens on their jerseys, but the team that showed up was far from the team that we watched all year, at least offensively speaking. Baltimore only had six rushing attempts from their running backs, three for Gus Edwards and three for Justice Hill. That's it. Lamar did scramble eight times for 54 yards, but this is a far cry from the rushing attack that got them into this game. They forced themselves into a one-dimensional passing attack team, which led to Spags channeling his inner Brian Flores like I talked about in my preview, and it worked to perfection. Lamar was sacked four times and was under pressure the entire game. He was able to throw for almost 300 yards and threw an amazing touchdown pass to the hero and the zero of the game, Zay Flowers. The man had an absolutely insane series of gaffes. After making a great catch, he gets flagged for taunting, which was absolutely the case. Then a few plays later, he reaches out with the ball at the goal line and gets the ball punched out by the very same dude that he taunted, Legereus Sneed. The Chiefs recovered the ball because of course they did. Zay would return to the bench, throw a tantrum, and injure his moneymaker. He definitely played like a rookie in this game. Later on, the Ravens would have another promising drive, but that too ended in disaster as Lamar was intercepted close to the red zone. But to me, that fumble and all the drama surrounding it was the turning point of this game. The Chiefs offense, on the other hand, was clean and efficient. Mahomes didn't have a bunch of magical moments like we're used to. Instead, he played a more conservative type of game. I feel like all of his success overshadows the fact that this guy is changing the way he plays mid-season. This is amazing. My team can't even find a quarterback good at one thing. Meanwhile, Mahomes just decided to expand his resume during the playoffs, and everyone acts like it's no big deal, myself included. I wanted so badly to write this team off and see something new in the Super Bowl, but I think my divisional spite got in the way of reason. I doubted this team, and I shouldn't have. They've not given any tangible evidence of failure in the postseason. Overall, I'm disappointed in the Ravens. I thought this would be a different game altogether. They seemed doomed from the start. From game script down to execution, this was a poor performance all the way around. As for the Chiefs, I'm a Broncos fan, so I cannot be happy for them, but I can state the obvious. This iteration of their team is probably the most dangerous they've ever been. They're extremely balanced on offense, and as was exemplified by this game, brings all sorts of problems for opposing defenses. Spags and that defense are also a force to be reckoned with. I did not expect this amount of success from this unit. They've been solid all year, but I thought Lamar would be a true test. I suppose it still was, and they passed with flying colors. However, they will be without Charles Aminahu, who, sadly, tore his ACL in this game. This will no doubt have an impact on their defensive line moving forward. Moving on to the NFC, the 49ers advanced to the Super Bowl with a 34-31 victory over the Lions. This game was a little more chaotic than the previous one. The Lions had a huge lead going into halftime, 24-7, and all signs were pointing to a massive party in Detroit. 
However, Shanahan twice in a row now has shrugged off a decently sized deficit and broke free from the narrative that he and his teams struggled to come from behind. The Lions stayed true to themselves, finding success on the ground and attacking the middle of the field through the air. It only took them four plays to put the first points up on the board with a 42-yard touchdown run by Jamison Williams. David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs would add a couple scores of their own on the next few drives. Christian McCaffrey would add a ground score of his own, and we'd sit at 21-7 right before the half. The Lions had the opportunity to score another touchdown as the half winded down, but opted for a field goal instead. At the time, it seemed like a solid decision, but with hindsight, maybe they should have gone for it there. Either way, Detroit went into the break with a 17-point lead and had to be feeling good about themselves. Out of the half was a different story altogether. The Lions could not move the ball and had several drives stall out, opening the window for the Niners to sneak through. Faced with a 4th and 2 just outside the red zone, Dan Campbell and the Lions do what they do and decide to go for it. Unfortunately for them, Josh Reynolds dropped the ball, immediately resulting in the Brandon Ayuk ladybug drive that led to 7 points. The next Lions drive would result in a Jameer Gibbs fumble, recovered by the Niners. Now this wasn't all Gibbs' fault. The handoff was a little weird. Either Gibbs or Goff was on the wrong side, and the entire play was a bust from the start. But this is truly where the momentum began to swing in the Niners' favor, as this would lead to McCaffrey scoring his second touchdown on the day, nodding it all up at 24. Jake Moody would add a field goal in the fourth quarter to put his team up by three. Lyon's next drive would bring up yet another fourth and short near the red zone, and yet again, they'd fail to convert. Niners would turn this into another touchdown on the ground, this time by Elijah Mitchell. With only three minutes left on the clock, this would seemingly be the dagger. But not so fast. Jamison Williams would score another touchdown to bring the game within reach. However, to do so, the Lions took up way too much time and even blew a timeout when they called a failed rushing play in the red zone. Meaning, this comeback attempt would require converting an onside kick, and while the kick looked great, it wouldn't matter because Kittle recovered it anyway, as his team advances to face Mahomes in the Super Bowl yet again. Now Dan Campbell will no doubt get a lot of flack for all of these fourth down decisions. I say nonsense with that. We praise him all year when he makes those very same decisions and they go his way. We cannot kill him over making the same choices that led them to this position in the first place. Had either of those conversion attempts been caught, we'd likely be speaking about this game in an entirely different light. I think he trusted his players and their execution let him down. As for their future, I'd like to say it's bright, but as Campbell stated in his press conference after the game, the odds of making it back to that same spot are very small. They have some very talented and young players all over that roster, but will need to make some changes on defense for sure. As for the 49ers, this was an ugly win for sure, but wins like these can galvanize a team, especially a team like this one, who either blows teams out of the water or seemingly gives up when they fall behind. Two come-from-behind victories in the playoffs like this should help this team find their confidence when faced with adversity. Adversity they'll likely find against Mahomes and this Chiefs team in a couple weeks. And that'll do it for the recap portion of today's show. Let's go ahead and take a quick break right here. Welcome back. Now, I hold myself and the words I spout accountable as we head on down and do a little bet busting. My straight five bets went one for five as only the CMC ticket hit and the rest did not. My parlay bets fared no better 
I went 0 for 3 here. Lamar tanked the first one, the Sun God tanked number 2, and all of Baltimore tanked the third parlay. Overall, I did not have a great weekend betting, and now we only have one game left. Moving on to the news you need to know, yet again there's been quite a bit of coaching and front office moves. The Chargers have paired Jim Harbaugh with Joe Ortiz, hiring the ex-director of personnel from the Ravens as their new GM. Baltimore always seemed to have a solid roster, so it seems LA should be getting someone who knows what they're doing at the very least. Heading over to Cleveland, the Browns are hiring their former quarterback and ousted Bill, Ken Dorsey, as their new offensive coordinator. Last year with the Bills, he seemed to shy away from the running game, so I'm not too sure what this means for their backfield now. Could this team be trying to move away from their bread and butter and find a new jam? In my opinion, attempting to find new strengths instead of building on top of existing ones is not a winning strategy. I hope they aren't trying to reinvent themselves, but honestly, until they remove the elephant in the massage parlor, I personally don't really care what this team does. When Ken Dorsey was fired in Buffalo, Joe Brady was brought in to replace him and was a key figure in their playoff appearance. He did so well, the Bills have decided to make things permanent and name him as their official OC moving forward. In Pittsburgh, the Steelers are hiring Arthur Smith as their offensive coordinator. Unlike the Browns' OC moves, I think this one matches well. Smith would help reinvigorate that rushing attack, adding to their strengths. This team doesn't have a reliable quarterback or pass catchers at the moment. Plus, this team has always been a run-first organization. This move almost makes too much sense. We're still waiting for Seattle and Washington to decide what they are going to do. All signs are pointing to a return for Dan Quinn in Seattle and something new in D.C. with Ben Johnson, if he doesn't decide to stay in Detroit. And with that said, that'll do it for today's episode. Things are a little different as we have a week off until the next game. I've decided to skip all the nonsensical drama that is no doubt about to ensue over the upcoming weeks. Taylor Swift, blah, blah, Purdy sucks, blah, blah, Taylor Swift, blah, blah, is not really my cup of tea. So I will return the Friday before the game for my preview as usual. If there is actual news in between and I have time, I may throw in another episode earlier in the week. I'm sure all three of my listeners are on the edge of their seats with anticipation. Either way, I hope you all have a wonderful week and I'll see you next time.